This episode is brought to you by the revolutionary Muslim matrimonial site, Half Our Deen, which uses science, not swipes, to help you find the other half. On Half Our Deen, you can learn about their personality, interests, and view up to 158 answers to marriage-related questions so you don't waste time with people that you're not compatible with. With over 2,500 success stories, Half Our Deen has quickly become the number one choice for marriage-minded Muslims. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode on the Remaster Podcast. I'm your host, Muhammad Kibriya, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, and we're talking to Brother Baba Ali, and we're talking about the struggles so many single Muslims dudes are facing today. Uh, so first of all, how are you, Brother Baba Ali? Uh, good, alhamdulillah. Welcome, alhamdulillah. I'm excited to be here. So I'm looking hey, forward man, to I got, I have to say, like, I'm a little bit geeked because I've seen, like, when I was turning back to the Dean, I, your YouTube video is my go-to spots. And right now my kids are watching <laughs> your, like, you know, Baba Ali. Hooray, Baba Ali, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm a bit geeked to I have you today, inshallah. <laughs> uh, for our listeners who don't know who this person is and, and, and is very special guest to me, mashallah, I'm honored to uh, be here with you. So Baba Ali, you are the co-founder of revolutionary matchmaking site, halfourdean.com, which has the alternative to the Tinder clone, right? Dating apps yeah. we see today. So on our half hour thing, you can learn about their personalities, interests, cultural, and religious preferences. So you can find the right person to be compatible with. So I'm guessing there's no swiping. There's not, there's no, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, we match our color eyes matches and, and boom, it's going to happen, right? That's not happening yeah. in your site. And by the way, I, I do want to, I'm, I'm curious, did you use a site to get married? Like how, how did you, what, what's your story? Talk to us. So many years ago, I was, I couldn't go to my parents because I'm a convert. I mm. couldn't go through my friends because they're mostly single. So then you cross off parents, you cross off friends, your local community, there's no program to help you find your other half. So I did the unthinkable back in 2001. I went online and today online is normal, but back then it was abnormal. And I wasn't sure which website worked for me. So I joined all of them. <laughs> After doing all my websites, I was like, okay, I'm going to be very, very specific because the last thing I want to do is talk to like hundred people. I don't even want to talk to 10. I don't even want to talk to five people. I just want to talk to one sister. So in order to filter on all these people, I came up with a very, very specific uh, description of what I'm looking for and about myself, including explaining the weaknesses about myself and saying that I can't, I won't change. Like just accept me as is. And uh, so if, if I change, alhamdulillah, if I don't change, don't say, okay, I was hoping that you had potential of changing. No, I'm as is. So I was just hoping after everyone reads all these profiles, only one person will respond and 17 people did. And when 17 wow. people showed interest, I found, okay, you say, wow, it's a good problem. No, it's not a good problem. I have 17 people to talk to. Uh, no, thanks. So what I did is I came up with a series of questions. I didn't have right or wrong answers. Mm. And I sent it to all 17 of them. Very unique questions. And uh, 17 people answered them and only one sister answered it correctly. And because they didn't know what the right answer was, they're very unique questions wow. and only one answer correctly, but the problem is she lived 5,000 miles away. So <laughs> I got on a flight and went to meet her after 20 minutes of meeting her for the first time. I took out my camera and she's like, what's that for? I said, just in case this works out, one day we might have kids and they're gonna ask, how'd you meet mama? I wanna record it. Wow. So from that, from that moment to nine days later, I, when I got married, it became a two hour documentary about how Ali met his wife. And that's the end of the story. No one's really seen it except for my wife and my kids. So, uh, because the kids, when they asked me, how'd you meet mama? I said, here you go. I have a DVD. And they dropped the DVD. It was like <laughs> DVD. A yeah. All the behind scene footage, all the stuff that happened, like me talking to the Wally, the whole thing. 
put together. But uh, yeah, so that's my little story about. So do you have your DVD? You, you have to also, uh, you know, make sure you have a DVD player and make sure that DVD player connection also works with the old TV. So you got to keep all of that for your kids. Yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah. I have it. Things... PlayStation just pop it in and the kids actually watched it. You know, when I showed my wife uh, one day about this and put the whole movie together, you know what her response was? Okay, that's nice. I'll watch it later. So what do you want for dinner? Chicken or beef? So my wife is like, no matter what I've done, I made candy bars for her, movies, everything. She's like, okay, that's fine. Uh, what do you want? And she's like, I, was like, I tell her she's the hardest person in the world to impress, but she super humbles me, alhamdulillah. So it's, it's awesome. awesome. That's amazing. But you know what? I, actually, I'm drawing a lot of questions there because you know, we're talking about struggles uh, a lot of brothers are going through or the brothers are intentionally struggling to go through, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned very something very important. You knew what you wanted. Right. Yeah. So you said you create like the fact that you wanted to talk to one. Look, the, the, the predicament in our community is like, oh, you know, the whole four wives jokes are behind the scene. But a lot of brothers like, you know, like, oh, I don't mind talking to a few sisters to compare contracts. Yeah. And I think like, is that like, do you think is that we're going to get to this? Right? Do you think it's a whisper or what, what is that? Is that like some sort of a, a, a damaging wish list for a lot of brothers who are still single because they keep swiping or they keep have too many options? <laughs> You knew what you wanted. I think that's yeah. something powerful that I got from your intro. You knew what yeah. you wanted. Do you think that's one of the challenges we're facing currently right now is brothers don't know what they want or is that something they're par in their paradigm is a given and that's how they're rolling with things? So here's one thing. Even when you hear the single brothers talk about, and I say single brothers, talk about marrying multiple wives, it's one of two issues that really happen. It's brothers who've never married before. So they're like, I'll take two, I'll take three, I'll take four. They're like really hungry. So they just think that there's like burgers or something. It doesn't work that way. So any married guy, no, you rarely hear them talk about second wife, third wife. I mean, all you go to a single brother table at the wedding versus the married brother table. They're talking about it. Those guys, are, I'm good, bro. I am good. And like, the way I try to compare it to brothers is kind of like jobs. You have a full-time job. And you make money out of it. So let's just pretend money is the intimacy aspect of it, right? So when people right. are thinking about marriage, they're thinking about intimacy, right? They don't yeah. realize it's 90% work, 10% money, right? So it's like 90% of marriage has nothing to do with intimacy. But the guys who are single, they think it's 90% intimacy and 10% everything else. So of wow, course yeah. they want four times intimacy, whatever. What married guys realize is what I just mentioned right now. So why would I want a second job, work full time just for another check? And then work literally 16 hours a day. I'm like, no, dude, I'm good with one job. <laughs> I'm totally good. I am totally good. And that's my mentality. So a lot of brothers, and I know sometimes the brothers come up with the thing is a lot of sisters need to get married. And who's going to marry these older, older sisters, sisters in their 50s with children. I mean, mm. we can keep saying one day someone will be there for them. But realistically, if polygamy was, an issue, was a solution, the, the issue here is the single brothers, not single brothers, the married brothers who don't qualify to take care of a second, third, or fourth wife are the ones marrying those sisters. And mm. the people who do qualify, they want nothing to do with it. Not specifically wow. because of the sister, it's because like people like me. I look at myself as being successful. I'm extremely stable and I have zero interest in it. I have a friend, friends who work for like, who do really well, zero. I don't know one person, one person who's not, doesn't have a second or third wife that's not stressed out. I'm not joking. Literally, I, when I went to Hajj, there's a guy to my left and a guy to my right. He had two wives. He had three wives. I met these people during Hajj, stressed out the whole time. And I'm like, I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm just chilling. You guys are stressed out because it's kind of like when you have kids. 
if you have one child, there are certain things, uh, dynamics that you will never experience until you have multiple children. Like for example, as soon yeah. as you have two children, now you have to worry about attention being equal, presence yeah. that you give them equal. I want the blue balloon. No, I want the balloon. The only reason why he wants or she wants the blue balloon is because the other one wants the blue balloon. You know how it is. So yeah, yeah. Dealing, it's, that's a lot of stuff you have to deal with that I don't have to deal with. And yeah. then the accountability and responsibility that comes with on the day of judgment, I have enough to worry about. No, thanks. So, so, oh, yeah. so let me, uh, do you like, so I'm married, I got two kids and I'm with you in terms of like second or I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? It's work, right? It's a lot of work. So I, I grew up watching Shadow Khan. I was influenced through Bollywood context, right? And yeah. of course you had this imaginary dream. Things are going to happen. It's going to rain and she's going to, you know, come from behind the tree. I think right now in today's context, in reality, do you think like, of course, look, no matter how much I tell like single guys, like, it's a lot of work, like it's a lot of work. And they're looking at me like, oh, no, it's, you know, I'm going to be with this, with my wife, I'm going to take, her. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I was in your shoes a while back and, and Amo told me the same thing. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't get to my head. But do you, do you think this comes from a social you know, pressure of like, for example, you know, in society, the hypersexual society, the, the yeah. context that you're observing through Netflix. I mean, there are things we're taking in that affects our heart and our mind and our intellect, right? And I think this is something that we have to step back and say, okay, I'm Muslim. Here are the things that impacts my heart, my mind, my, and my and body. Mm -hmm. And then here's what I'm projecting as who I am, right? So do you think like, you know, um, what are your thoughts? And of course, you, you deal, you're dealing with this amazing, awesome website that we definitely need to talk about more. Do you see that a lot more guys are falling into the trap of the, you know, the American culture of like, hey, you know what, um, I don't have to get married, I'll stay single, you know, I can just date, right, completely take the haram approach, and they're okay with it, and they're just living their life without any sense of directions and guidance, and sometimes the community is not helping, the society is not giving the right directions, and there's no mentorship, the murabbi is not there also to guide them, I think that's very crucial in anything, so what are your thoughts on that? I think if you want to see someone's understanding of Islam, watch how they behave and watch their mannerisms, watch their understand, watch their actions. That's really, I don't care what someone you pray next to somebody that doesn't mean anything. People talk a lot. And then you, that doesn't mean anything to me. Show me through your actions, what you believe in, because when, when push comes to shove, we're going to see exactly what you believe in when, when time and situation is difficult. And for a lot of single people looking to get married, it's like, okay, I'm having a difficult time finding my other half. So, hey, guess what? I'm just going to go take this route. I'm going to satisfy my sexual desire or my feeling of companionship, this alternative route. So do you really, really think that you'll be accountable on the day of judgment? Do you really, really think that there's a punishment associated with this? Do you really believe it? Because, of, yeah, 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 but do you really believe it? And when you really dig that deep and you realize that a lot of people may not even believe in Islam that are Muslim. If you dig deeper, some of them are not even sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really exists. Wow. So when the foundation is weak, mm. when the storm comes and all of us will get hit with different storms, that foundation starts crumbling. And mm. that's why I tell people, if you want to see uh, your true level of iman, your true level of faith and belief, don't look at the person when he's fasting, praying, going hajj and all these things that everyone else does, because everyone can do that. Look at them or look at yourself. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests you, that yeah. is showing your level of mind. So like sometimes when people are looking to get married, some sisters say, okay, how do I really know what this guy's really like? One brother will say, I know this guy from the masjid. He's a very good brother. And they're like, really, what do you know about the guy? Everyone in the masjid acts, may be acting in a very different way than really when they are being tested. Yeah. And as a brother yourself, do you play any sports? 
Uh, I do soccer. Okay, so you know if you play pray next to a brother, and you go play soccer with that same brother, it can be a completely different behavior. <laughs> yeah. Usually, some people's like like some people that don't pass at all, right? It could be a very yeah. practicing brother does not pass the ball. It's all about him. <laughs> I mean, that tell you laughing because you know what I'm talking about. It's they're in their own world. Like they have no self awareness. It's like they're just looking at themselves about, they don't understand, like, this is a team sport. There's 11 people on this team. <laughs> We're working yeah. together to score this goal. And every time you get the ball, you don't hit anything. Yeah. And you think it's about you. So there's people, as I tell people, if you want to see someone's, like, a brother's personality, come out, play a sport with them. Really, the guy who's, like, the, I've seen a brother I play basketball with, has a big beard, wears a thobe, and F-bomb after F-bomb after F-bomb dropping. Yeah, yeah. He's the same guy who leads our Salah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I have an interesting question for you here because look, you know, of course you created an amazing platform and what's your success rate right now? Like how many people got married to your, to your site? So it was, we have about 2,500 success stories on half our name. And those are the ones that are, that tell us. So I don't mm-hmm. measure how well the site's doing based on success stories, which is what people yeah. do because the success is not in my hands. The success has, success is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What I, it is in my hands is the effort. Like, what are you going to do to build it to attract a different audience than these swiping and dating apps? Because a lot of people using these apps are saying, hey, I keep getting attracted by these, I keep getting approached by these people that I have zero interest in. Or like yeah. sometimes people complain, say, oh, people are just not even looking to get married. They're just like, I'm looking, I'm not looking for anything serious. They'll say put on their profile. <laughs> and then that, it's like, what are you doing on a Muslim matchmaking website? If you're not looking for anything, like, what are you really looking for? Yeah. So they're not saying I'm looking for pure intimacy with no strings attached. They just do it in an indirect way. And they're hoping there are some girls who have the same low self-esteem or say, okay, this is the only way I can get a guy type of thing. And they'll, they'll fall yeah. for it. And the very fact that their profile is there tells you that maybe their people are falling for it. And that's kind of sad. It's, it's a stuff that we don't really discuss because until you're like a family therapist, until you're somebody that deals with Muslim issues, you don't yeah. really know what's going on within our Muslim community. You don't know the level of infidelity that's happening with practicing Muslims. I have a good sense, not just because I run a matchmaking website, but because me being Baba Ali, I interact with a lot of family therapists, a lot of people yeah. who've been doing this for years. And they tell me stuff that is sometimes I feel like it's, Sometimes it's better sometimes not to know because it'll kind of scare you if you know how bad the situation no, is. It, no, it is definitely scary, right? I, I think some of the, I want to go back to the question to kind of ask you. Yeah. Like getting to know somebody through a website, effectiveness of it. Because look, you know, like you said, go, go play soccer with somebody. I mean, look, 10 years ago when I, was, when I was getting married, I was in the market, I was looking. I remember I walked into a certain family. There was a certain stand. If I didn't meet, forget it. You're kicked out. Now I'm like, I'm, I have parents coming up to me like, please find me somebody for my daughter. I'm like, really? Now you're like almost give it, you know, it's like giving away their daughters, like almost because there's so much struggle in our society. Do you, do you believe that, you know, brothers are taking a step back uh, because of what they're able to do in those platforms? They're able to date. They're able to do all this haram thing. So it's like, why settle in? Why, like, you know, why? just get settled qu- uh, much quicker than when I can just relax. Yeah. I can take my time and, and, you know, uh, try before they buy, I guess the concept. right? <laughs> yeah. So let, let's, let's go back and say, where does this concept even come from? And if you understand where the root comes from, like how, right now we're looking at the branch, right? So let's go back to the, the tree. Okay. If you really want to look at the tree, let's look at the root. The whole root is coming from an idea that actually started about a few hundred years ago, 17, 18th century. 
And that was the idea that was way before the Muslims had nothing to do with Muslims, by the way. It was the idea of liberalism and attack and the whole thing of the church in Europe. And mm -hmm. there was this, as you know, the whole secular, where the whole secularism came from. From yeah. secularism came other concepts, from feminism to liberalism to thisism to thatism, right? Yeah. But the liberalism itself, we always talk about liberal sisters and the why liberal sisters are like this and the in negative impact. We never, ever hear about the other issue. What does liberalism do to brothers? What impact does it take when we take on those ideas that are outside of Islam? So one mm -hmm. thing you see well, with both liberal and uh, liberalism that has an impact for a lot of Muslims is that the, the mentality of me first, whatever takes care of me first, and I'm going to take care of myself. Even people who are practicing, they take a bits of this and they say, look, I just got divorced and I know what I'm going to do from now on. I'm taking care of myself first. Me, me, me. And you have this mentality. And let's just say, let's say Baba Ali was talking this way. If you hear Baba Ali keep saying, me, me, I'm going to take care of myself. I just got divorced. I'm, a da, da, da. I'm not a good candidate for marriage. And I'm giving off the wrong signals to a lot of people because why would you ever want to marry me when I'm talking about me? I'm not taking care of you. I'm taking care of me. So when the people are going out there and saying, look, I'm going to use these people to sleep around with them. I'm going to do, use this and use this. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Islam. This has gone outside of the scope of Islam because there is nothing in Islam that says take care of yourself first. Don't take care of others. Does mm. not take care of your wife. Don't take care of your kids. Take care of you. This is yeah. a foreign concept in Islam, and too many Muslims have adopted it. Because of that main foundation that's now part of their quote-unquote aqidah, this is wow. branched out to all these other things that you're seeing right here, where the guys are doing whatever they want. Why should I get married? And look, imagine if it's a me-first mentality. If I get married, I have to share half of my wealth with her and to provide for her and provide for our kids while I can be single have no responsibilities and not take care of anything. So sisters who are listening, I want you to take it to this, to this liberal man's perspective for one second. Imagine mm. this. What benefit do I have about getting married? A, I, it's all risk. If I get divorced, even if I didn't do anything wrong, I'll lose 50% of my assets. And I own alimony on top of that. Number two, I can lose custody to my own children. Again, I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. She can literally cheat on you and get divorced. It's not haram to cheat in uh, uh, American society. Right. In Western society, you can't even get divorced for that, but she can get divorced for any reason she wants. She has a headache, she can get divorced and take yeah. the kids with her. And almost every single court will give the kids to a, a woman who's sane. So as long as she's like not a ma massive drug dealer or has like mentally like not sane, they will give your children to this woman that you thought you can trust. So that's all the risk that comes to the men's perspective. Now, the female takes a risk, obviously, for being pregnant and whatever, whatever. But I'm talking from we're talking from the men's perspective of what they're thinking. So then he says, I, I'm losing all this. And what am I gaining out of it yeah. that I can't get in other ways? It's like only thing I can gain out of it is they think, OK, intimacy aspect. But if they don't care about Islam, they'll get their intimacy from outside of Islam, as you just mentioned. And now you're stuck with, OK, oh, someone's going to take care of the house. Well, guess what? If every week at this house I'm living in right now, I pay $110 every two weeks for someone to clean the house. But if I had to pay someone once a week, I'll pay 440 bucks a month. If I want to pay someone to come and cook all the best dishes, and then maybe three or four days of the week I eat out, I just replace food and, and cleaning and everything else. So the guys have this personality and say, look, I don't really need a wife. Why take the risk? What do mm. I gain? The risk is more than the reward. So... What are you going to say to brothers like that that have the mentality? Again, this is coming from the outside of Islamic scope. And that's the problem. When we're not looking at Islam as a way of our actions and we're taking concepts outside of Islam, 
we now we're dealing with the repercussions that come with that both men and women they have this yeah. mentality and that's the problems we're getting and, and that's a very interesting point you mentioned is i think it goes back to where an individual is connected and where they're getting their faith and their spiritual uh, uh knowledge from right because yeah. if you're not act if you, you know as a muslim and live in American society, like, of course, it's not like back home, there's this one ideology, one way of living, everybody's just living that even the Islam is not portrayed pretty well back most of our back homes, right? Here, you have a, a la carte options, you can also have a choice of going and learning and educating yourself, which is very crucial. I think this is where a community sense of community comes into play role in shaping your thoughts and understanding of who you are as a Muslim and your responsibility as a husband, as, as, as a potential, as a potential husband too, right? Because, yeah. you know, if you don't have an imam, like, you know, if, you're, if your khutbah is about like a goat on the side, walk, or if your uh, khutbah is about like lame and putting you to sleep, there are things that are not transforming you, right? I mean, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I was there um, and I was struggling to get married. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, there are genuine guys that are struggling, right? and are not able to find the right proper process uh, appropriate of asking like some of them don't even know how to ask the, the, you know how to ask for marriage right what are the process of steps they should take and some of them is major potentials but then there are these other challenges like you know paradigm challenges societal challenges like you mentioned ideological challenges yeah. um, again going back to talking about the hypersexual society that we live in even married people are falling into traps right like you know you talk about the intimacy even something you know, the, you know when you're if the married folks know what they're talking about is that even in that realm the intimacy you have to bring it back like it's like you know you, you're so hyped about this intimacy and then when you get married a couple of five years later you have to bring it back in the room you're like almost you know it's interesting concept but like so going back to the single guys how do we you know how do we really nurture them i guess as a point right uh, what are the what are some of the tips that you can give it's like you know what these are the steps that one should take you know, uh, to really think about when it comes to marriage, because it is half hour. Honestly, being married for 10 years, I, I think it should be, it should be more than half hour. Then it should be 75%. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I, I don't know how to explain to these guys. I was like, I don't know how to explain to you. Imagine having, like you mentioned, having three jobs, four jobs. It's a lot of work. Lot good of work. work. It's a good, it it's a good work. work. It is tarbiya work. It, but, man, but it's half our dean, bro. It's half of it. It's like, <laughs> you can understand the, the amount of work you're putting in, all the trials. and tri There's a reason I named the website half dean, by the way. There's you know, <laughs> other websites like Muslim marriage, Muslim matchmaking. Half dean doesn't like, it's not as easy on the tongue and, and easy for SO, SEO, social uh, engine right. and stuff like that. But I wanted something to realize that this audience is a complete different audience. And as you're mentioning here, so, so tips for the brothers, I think really the number one thing we have to do is get people back on the track of Islam. When we look at Islam as our solution for everything, everything mm. in life, then mm. all the things when it comes, even when you're looking for your other half, falls aligns with that. But if Islam is not our main uh, reference point, when we have drama in our marriages or we have looking to get married or anything else that we do, then it doesn't matter what Baba Ali says. It doesn't matter what you say. They're not going to listen. They're going to do whatever pleases them. They're going to chance. They're going to go after whatever their desire is, right? So that's number one. We have to put a song back on the picture and make that as a reference point. And for those who are listening, brothers, you know, in in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm I'm living the life I'm living right now, right? And I have these different things I'm having right now. But deep down, we need that companionship. Yes, intimacy is amazing, but after intimacy, you need that companionship. And ask every married person, 
like what percentage of your life is intimacy and what percentage of the marriage is other, all these other things that make the marriage amazing, right? It's not, okay, just intimacy alone. There's other things about marriage that makes it amazing. Ask uh, like people, like look at our society right now in prison. The worst, worst people that you have that are in prison that have life sentences that are never going to get out, right? They could be the rapists. They can be the killers. They could be murderers. They can be all these yeah. evil people. They'll never get out. So if they have no reason, no incentive to be good. Why should I just go stab everybody? I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life anyways. So what do they do to keep those people in check? The worst, worst punishment you can do to this mass murderer, to all these things, solitary confinement. For those who are not yeah. familiar with that, put you to be by yourself. So yeah. you can be lonely. Okay, <laughs> this evil, crazy looking guy. I don't want to be lonely because deep down human wow. beings, we need that companionship. Even if it means just friends or just people, even evil murderers need other evil murders to be around <laughs> because they need companionship. We yeah. are all pretending that, oh, I don't need a man or I don't need a wife. And this is fake. Yeah. We're just fooling ourselves. You can lie to yourself as much as you want, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us as social creatures where we need other, yeah. each other. You need friends. Look at one year of being out of Corona and look at how it impacted all these yeah. small things that we didn't take for, we took for granted. And now we appreciate much more just like when the doors are finally starting to open up and right. you can see people again. And imagine that your companionship with your wife or with your husband will be way closer than any of those friends. Because this is the only relationship that even uh, that's here for the hereafter, we know for sure 100% that the righteous husband and wife will be together in the hereafter, right? Yeah, so, and I think it's, in, it's interesting those two, on, on the points you mentioned. Look, it's easy to go out there and just swipe. Um, that's not just, it's not just swipe, right? I mean, forget, it's, it's not just happening on those platforms. It's also happening socially on, on other social platforms. And even generally, you know, like it's easy for, maybe it's easy for you to commit Zina as a guy, right? Yeah, but then that negative energy, that, that, um, that feelings that... For, for a few moments of pleasure, you're actually sacrificing a lot. You're not just, you know, you, your akhirah is in line. I mean, I think, and it's very, because you dropped the mic and saying like, go back to your deen. You really want to really figure out what you want in marriage and how you want to find the righteous. It's going back to what, it's going back to finding yourself in a way, right? Because like, if yeah. you don't know who you are, and again, you mentioned this from the beginning of your podcast, I knew what I wanted. I had a certain scope in life and that's what I was looking for. 17 sisters, mashallah, you got one. You know, they, you have to be able to go back to the deen, go back to Allah SWT, know who you are, and then things get much more clear for you to find the righteous yeah. spouse and, and whatnot. And look, so let's talk about that personnel. And, and even those individuals struggle in the community to find, you know, if, if one partner is ready with that mindset, then there's like, you know, you have to go, you went through 17 in 2001. I mean, yeah. think about how many people you have to go through now. <laughs> Imagine, right? I would say maybe like hundreds out of like maybe 150, you have to go through it. Just, you know, it's like speed dating in a way, right? It constantly going through to the find the right person. What are some of the things that you guys are doing uniquely that, you know, that kind of like takes it away and, and puts a little bit of serious content? So, in, so in imagine this for a second. From a male's perspective, if I made a pie chart, right? I'm going to say, what important is physical attraction when it comes to most guys? What, would, what percentage would you say? I would so say- be honest I would say 90%. Okay, 90%. So, okay, so if you say there's no physical attraction, would the guy marry the female? Zero physical. Look, I, I, I try to get some of my friends and to connect. First thing I like, uh, height problem, uh, looks problem. I'm sitting there like, you guys no, have no, no. Just say The guy has zero attraction to her. Would he marry her? No. Would he? I, I, I if he has zero 
a scale of one to ten, he gives her a zero, not a one. Zero. No, he's not gonna marry her. Okay, yeah. just be real. All right. Yeah, yeah. So now some sisters are looking at themselves. What if no one marries me? Don't look at how many different looking sisters there are, all shapes, all sizes, all heights, all weights, everything, and look how many sisters are married right now. So just because one person is not attracted to you doesn't mean that somebody else may not be attracted to you. It's, I want you guys to imagine the best way, like you walk into like Macy's or like some type of perfume store. You smell one perfume, you're like, oh, what is this? And then you smell another one, say, oh, this smells good. What, the first ones you smell like, what is this? Oh, someone actually buys that, right? It's just everyone has different things that you're like and it's, you don't have a yeah. choice, just like food. So when it comes to all these different things, don't worry about that aspect of it. So going back to your, your thing about like, the, the the thing about swiping and what makes our site different. I want you to think about a male's perspective. A man, when it comes to just physical attraction, all we really need is your age, your first name, and your picture. And if you look at these swiping apps, it's very easy to tell, was it created by men or was it created by women? Whoa, that's powerful. Okay. All right, so women, so now you're thinking to yourself, okay, so what? It's created by a man. What's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. So if you guys are on your phones or on a laptop at home, I want you to type in the word male-female ratio Tinder, for example. Why am I choosing Tinder? Because Muslims have copied like Minder, Muzzmatch. They basically took the Tinder model and they applied it for Muslims, right? It's just basically your picture, your first name, your age, and maybe a yeah. word bio. So based on that, we are going to try to help Muslims get married. So what happens is what, we're going to have a very similar results. So 72% of Tinder are male, 28% are female. Wow. There's another interesting stat is about 34% of Tinder are people who already have a girlfriend, boyfriend relationship, or they're already married. So they're looking for some side piece or some side action, as they say. And so they're not even looking for even a, like a girlfriend, boyfriend relationship. They already have a girlfriend, boyfriend. They just want you like temporary, temporary. So now you wonder uh, like, okay, who, who would be attracted to this? Men, non-Muslim men, right? Unfortunately, sometimes Muslim men too, but they, they get attracted to this. And that's why only 28% of females use this. Now, now you type in the same words of type male-female ratio to like any of these, what, Minder or type in Muzzmatch male-female ratio on Google and see what results you get. And it says, first result. And this, by the way, comes from Muzzmatch. See that two thirds of our audience are men, 66%. So again, you're about similar situation. We're like, why, why is the vast majority of these website men is because it tracks men. And when your websites are built for men, by men, it's going to be used by men. And it only works if there's women using it. So what I did is I listen, I need to make my staff of the Muslims who work on our website, almost the vast majority, if not almost all of them, I'm thinking top of my head, are female, female Muslim sisters, except for the developers who are not females. So the, the side, I listen to them and say, okay, what does a female need? What, yeah. what does a female brain look in their view? And I take their feedback and I put it all together with the ideas that I have to make it from both, for, to, to help both genders find the other half. And that's the difference. So like the average male picture this and this and we're fine, we're good. We don't need any other details, right? Sisters don't work like that. Their brain doesn't say, okay, just show me a good looking guy and I'll marry him. And just show yeah. me his age, his first name. And I've never met a sister that says that's enough. They I don't know, man. I don't know nowadays. Really? <laughs> nowadays so saying, yeah, maybe you have a boyfriend maybe, or something. So you do yeah, you first, maybe you're younger than me. So if you tell a sister that if I just found a guy who's handsome, he has no job, not looking for a job, he just plays video games, he's chilling. 
He just, he's going to go on his looks. Would you marry him and apply for that? I know you may say girls are looking for guys. Yes. But I bet you, I'm a guy who's been doing this for 11 years. Of thousands of people I interact with, thousands. Yeah. I haven't met sisters who say, I'm okay too. As long as you have enough looks, I'll give you a pass on everything else. Yeah. Girls don't do that. Girls I, want I, a person to be like a companion. They're not looking for just a guy who just looks good, who looks prettier than they do. That's not, that, that's a male's <laughs> brain. Male, men think like that. So when I talk to females, what are you looking for? And the females say, we're looking for details, 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 details. So yeah. like when a woman starts talking to a man, she says, have you ever met a sister? So I don't even need to talk to you. Let's just get married. No, I need to ask questions. What do you like? Tell me what you're into. They're asking all these questions to get more and more deeper to figure out, are you the right person? Even then, they're not 100% sure. I bet you all the sisters who are listening to this podcast right now, how many times you've been talking to this guy for such a long period of time and you still have this doubt in your head, is this the right guy? While men have this complete different level of confidence, yeah, I'm going to marry this girl. Very different brains, very, very different way of perspective. So what we do is we ask men 158 questions. There are very how many questions? 158. I think you just filtered like 75% of the brothers. <laughs> from your That's side. what's interesting. We ask men to take a personality test, an attraction test, a tolerance test. I give you 10 things and tell you to prioritize this in level of importance. Um, I, I, you do a, a five deal breaker questions. You can type up yourself things that you are, will not compromise on. Then we ask you to do uh, choose from 100 interests what you're into. And then we ask you to answer 158 questions. And you know what's interesting? 72% mm. of the people on our website, they do that. Men. Interesting. I'm talking about 72% answer all 158 questions. So wow. most of them, 91% start answering questions. They do, all, they do everything else, but they haven't answered all 158 questions. 91%. Yeah. But so the question is, even if a sister is listening to us right now and you're talking to a guy you're really into, I want you to think to yourself what type of response you'll get from him. And so sound like I'm really into you. Uh, I was wondering if you can answer these 158 questions really quick. <laughs> Look at your smile. Look at the way you're... Tell me what response you would have to a sister if, if, <laughs> if, if, if the sister asked it. You even, you even like her. You like her. But she said, I really want you to answer these 158 questions before we, we take the next step. What would you, how would your response be? Be honest. I mean, like, you know, if I read, if I read, like, look, I'm married. I, I know if Hawaii's doing this podcast, I'm just letting her know that, you know, this is pre-marriage stuff, right? So if I really like someone, obviously I'll go out of my way. And if I'm, if I'm like, look, if I'm serious, like who I am at my profile, if I'm serious, yes, I would want to answer those questions. Maybe I would answer them in a voice message. Maybe I'll, but I would try my best to answer them. I wouldn't. I would run the other way. I'm like 158 questions. Are you crazy? <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I think like, something is wrong. There's no way. Well, I'll do it once so I can play the same. And that's what I'm the... saying. Do it. So here's the thing. Sisters, when I talk to them, they have a hard time getting men to answer 10 questions or five questions mm. or even fill out their profile. So what do you do? So what do you do in that situation? I use the male's brain to say, how do, how would I get him? You need a man to think like a man to get men to answer okay. questions. To get women, I need a female's brain to figure out how to get girls to do certain things, right? So from a male's perspective, what are guys into? A lot of guys are into video games. When you play video games, what happens? You move from level one to level two to level 15, level uh, 25, whatever, right? So I did, I created levels on Half Ardeen. 
And the highest level you can get to is level 21. And the only way to get to level 21 is to answer all 158 questions. So nice. men keep leveling up. But now when you play a video game, you think to yourself, okay, I just won the game. I won. What'd you get? Nothing. But you're still excited about playing. I said, no, no, there has to be an incentive. There has to be an incentive to get Very to level smart. 21. And the, what I do is that if you get to level 21, you show up on top of search results. When we search by top members, you show up first. So if you want sisters to see you first, put you, get to level 21. And, now, you got, you and most sisters, they value details of men. And imagine being able to see those men first because they want to see those men first anyways. Yeah. Men who are more committed, look, really looking marriage-minded, really looking to get married. And they're not only have answered 158 questions to get to level 21, but they've done a whole bunch of other things. And now you're seeing much more serious-minded men than guys who just do this all day. And you that's the difference audience of Hafteen and the other audience. And the other that's questions. amazing. I would say that's amazing because you're already training them. There's a work required in marriage and institutions. So like, you know, recently I heard this khatara about like Ibrahim alayhi salam, right? I mean, Dulhijjah is on the, around the corner. And one thing that was mentioned in this khatara when, you know, when Ibrahim wanted to see, like, you know, ask Allah, like, just show me, like, I want to see a miracle from you, right? To yes. affirm my beliefs. And we read these verses about like how, things just happens really quick, like the birds and this. And, and so it's like, you know, somebody, the sister, you know, sister Maha was like, okay, imagine how long it took Ibrahim to go find a bird and then train the bird. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't think about it. Like, you know, <laughs> actually have, like he actually, Allah SWT made Ibrahim work to get that firmness and the faith that yep. took some days and couple, you know, it took time to really see this miracle through because he wanted something. So when you want something, like you mentioned, marriage is work. It is work. So, so I want to ask you, like, how do we, like, you know, not everybody's going to go through a half hour Dean, right? What are some so, of the things that you can Yeah, I'll give you guys tips. So if you don't, yeah, I'll give you a tip for those who are looking to get married and like, okay, I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't need to join your website. Which you, I'm not, by the way, I'm not pushing people to join my website. Right, right, right. Uh, I just provided a different platform, which has helped people get married. In fact, what sounds a lot of strange to a lot of people when I talk to them is I, hey, if I was looking to get married, I wouldn't just join Hafteen. I would join Hafteen and a whole bunch of other websites. Why? Because just like, a, like a looking for a job, you yeah. wouldn't put your resume or your CV on one website. Right. You go as many platforms as possible because you don't know where your future employer is going to come from. You'll tell your friends, you tell your families, you use every halal means effort. So I wouldn't put myself on, even though I run this website, I'm telling you that the, the key, key word, word is halal. The keyword exactly. is halal network. That's why I threw in the halal. Make sure it's halal. <laughs> so I'll give you guys a tip. Some of you guys can do that. We do on half our game, but you can do it individually with each person you're speaking to. And again, it's so much easier that when you click on a profile, all this has already been done. But if you want to do it manually, you can do it manually. I, I suggest don't scare people off with 158 questions like I just mentioned, but there's another way you can do it. Something else you can do that may give you some insight if you guys are like compatible. I came up with this feature called priorities and priorities are 10 things that I ask people to list from the most important to the least yeah. important. So I give this and I say, answer this. Now I remove physical attraction because most guys will put it up there and I move success because most women will put it up on their list. So I remove those. So it'll be gender neutral. So I have words like intelligent, uh, generosity, desire for children, uh, yeah. Same culture, similar religious understanding, um, uh, manners, kindness, neatness, similar education. None of these are bad. In fact, all of them sound like really good things. So I ask you to prioritize from the most important to the least important without showing you my list. 
And as soon as you're done, I will compare your list to my list and see how similar we are. Yeah. And to see how far certain words are. Because, yeah. for example, let's say desire for children is number one on your list, but number 10 on her list. Mm. That might be an issue. Or same culture is number one on her list, maybe number six on your list. That's a, that's a very good tip. Yeah. But and you're not the same culture. Right. <laughs> you have right. different cultures. If that's number one for her. Like for me, my on that list, it will be similar religious understanding. Similar because if we don't see eye to eye, we might have some problems on things. So that's more important to me than like, for example, neatness. Even though I'm a neat person, I have to prioritize. And the hard part about this is everything seems to be very important. Like where would kindness be, right? What about intelligence? Yeah. Is intelligence the last thing? No, intelligence is important. Everything's important. So this makes it hard. And that's, that's how you know it's a good question or a good activity yeah. where, it's, where it's not easy. Because if everything looks like, oh, this is what the way the answer is supposed to look like, People are going to answer it the way you want to hear it. But because mm -hmm. the correct answer isn't clear, and this is what I mentioned the earlier of the podcast, was when I asked those 17 sisters questions, my questions were extremely unique compared to the questions I hear sisters and brothers ask each other right now. I'll give you a sample yeah. of one question I ask. And for those who are listening, write these questions down. Maybe this will help you, inshallah. So I'll ask a question like, um, maybe I'll, I'll ask you this question. Do you think the world needs more justice or more mercy? What would you say? With all the stuff that's happening in the world right now, do we need more justice or do we need more mercy? Uh, I would say both. Of course. As I said, every question I ask, they both sound like the right answers. And that's why the questions are hard. But which one do we need a little bit more of? Justice. Justice. That tells me you're more fair than forgiving. Mm. Because the person who uses justice is more fair and the person who chooses mercy is more forgiving. Now, wow. I'll ask you the question. What are you more attracted to in the opposite gender? Would you rather have a spouse that's more fair or would you have a spouse who's more forgiving? Now, me, my preference was I was looking for a spouse that's more fair while my wife was looking for someone who's more forgiving. There's no right or wrong answer here because every answer is correct. Now, let's go back to 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is the most just and one is the most forgiving. Yeah. So my questions are very unique. They reveal some things about you and you have no idea how to answer because if it's the right question, you know what you're going to say? They're both correct. And that's what I do. Like when it comes to like a children's uh, behavior, who do you think has a bigger impact on a child's behavior? Their parents or their friends? At a certain age, friends. Uh-huh. Like when they're a teenager, when they're like 11 to, you know, uh, plus that's when friends come in and before that it's parents. Okay. And I, by the way, I have three questions. This is, well, these are questions I have for Dean, by the way. So like, this, this question is mentioned to you and has half, it's one of 158 questions. The three oh, nice. options you have is their teachers, their parents, and their friends. And what happens is when you answer this question a certain way, and the person answers the question a certain way, and you do the entire quiz, Interesting. at the yeah. very end, it says that you're 27% match on religious understanding, 44% match on like culture, 88% match on finances, some things that people don't talk about very much. And then what you do is you click on the actual quiz, and it says, you answered this question this way, she answered it this way. You then. So when you actually get on the phone together and you want to talk, you know exactly where you don't see a line. Because all the major questions, I've already asked both of you. And now you get to see where you're not aligned. So you don't waste time with a bunch of questions where you already are aligned. And that way you filter out people that don't match with you before you even say, salam alaikum to them. And so, that's so the problem. I think a lot of people who are looking to get married, including brothers, they're mentally exhausted. 
They mm. don't want to look anymore. Sisters, especially, are more mentally exhausted than brothers because what happens is talk for weeks, they talk for months, and then finally get to a roadblock and says, I'm sorry, my parents don't want me to marry someone that's outside my culture. Oh my and you're God. like, dude, yeah, why are we even talking for two months? Yeah, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And they ghost and, you, right? And they ghost so, you. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, interesting, like, um, I want to wrap up the session and definitely, I think these are okay. wonderful tips for brothers. I think definitely like, I, like, I wish I, I, half our thing came like when 2014, right? Uh, 2010, July 10, 2010. 2010. Okay. Interesting. So like, I think I, I did hear about it. I, I don't think I plugged myself in. Maybe I was the guy who didn't go through 150 questions. Perhaps that was me. Right. I was like, ah, that's too much. So, so here's the thing that, you know, the reality right now is that, you know, a lot of sisters tell me like guys need to get their things, they need to get it together. Like, yeah. What, what, what's your thought on that? Like, should, are the guys, should the guys tone down on the whole look aspect or is it really just the culture again? Like, you know, everything that you observe, everything that you see, the society, the social perspective, like, you know, there's a certain concept you carry. And then other than going back to the Dean, right? I think we, you, one thing you drop the mic on, just go back to the Dean, understand what exactly your 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 journey with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is because that identifies who you are looking for and you're able to satisfy yourself, right? But yeah. still, some people say, you know what, uh, looks matter, right? So if the first glance, by the way, people, I, I'm one of those guys. Okay, also, looks looks do matter. If I was looking to get married, looks do matter. So should you like so should, like should the, it, it's, it's okay for a guy to say, you know, what, I'm not interested because there's a looks because like sometimes I I'm tired of like connecting people and they're like, Oh, we're not attracted. I'm sitting like, this girl is like amazing. You got to talk to her. She's this, like, I'm looking at the other side of the 150 questions that you were mentioning. Right. And this yeah. guy just looked at the face and rejected her. I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I don't know. But you know why what they're rejecting? They're looking for a 10. Right. And when I say looks matter, I'm not saying I want a sister who's a 10. I'm asking, I'm okay with the sister who's a six or a seven. So I'm saying looks matter, it does. What I mean by that is just make sure I clarify this, is that you have to have some type of spark, some yeah. type of physical attraction. It doesn't need to be a supermodel, right? The question is a lot of people, girls included, are looking for men who are tens or looking for women, guys are looking for women who are tens. And you ask them, what are you? And usually most people average themselves out to about a seven. And my question to those same people is, why would the 10 marry a seven? And they're just, they're completely speechless. Just like you just said, yeah. wow, right now. So what I do is like this. First of all, they're not tens. No, you're in your view, they're a 10. But that yeah. same 10 brother or the same 10 sister who is amazingly beautiful, amazingly successful, the first time they belittle you, the first time they talk down upon you, the first time they really hurt you, that 10 drops down to like a one, right? So mm. that beauty goes out the, out the door. It doesn't matter how beautiful, your beauty is not going to protect you from all that stuff, right? So I tell brothers, you meet a good sister, a good sister. You're not just a supermodel. She's not like those uh, influencers on social media, but she's a real sister that has your back, that she supports you and you support her, that you have this companionship, you have this yeah. love. That seven moves up to an eight, nine, uh, ten. Yes. That's, that's where our, our definition of attractiveness completely changes. And you've been married for whatever number of years. I've been married for 19 years, going on to 20. Mashallah. There are certain things that my, I was not in love with my wife when I married her. I was not in an arranged marriage, but there are certain characteristics I was looking for a sister and she had them, but she wasn't a supermodel sister. In fact, my ex before was a super rich, a super like what you would call super beautiful thing. And I realized that beauty is, can go really bad, really fast. 
because mm. the first time you guys clash, it's not it's not beautiful. It's not, not beautiful. Anymore. So I think I think that's wonderful. You know, um, that beauty increases in personalities in, in manner. There's so many other things that it beautifies that person personnel, right? So yeah. Prophet Ali Sattasam said, you know, you marry for four reasons, and as soon as and one of the you know the fours are like the wealth, the status, right, the the, the dean. Like if you marry, like interesting, the way I, I came out with this process, like if you marry somebody with a dean, this person has a wealth of good deeds. This person has the nur in their face of the good looks, right? Yeah. This person carries the status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They come with those. Yes, there's a status in dunya, there's wealth, but they come with these other, you know, uh, metaphysical status, metaphysical wealth, metaphysical looks that you eventually see that barakah in your life as you go through this journey together. Yeah. That was, that was, that's the way I approached that hadith very specifically. Um, just, you know, Zakalah for what you're doing. I think look, 2,500 success in uh, in marriages. Mashallah, that's amazing. Like you got yourself some uh, Jannah deeds. You got you got yourself some so, stocks sure. invested in here. After that's amazing, right? All the good deeds. You know, all these marriages are successful. That's that's really awesome. You're helping others connect. And um, you know, it's there are so one final question I had is, is, are there more? You know, I think it's a stigma. I'm not sure. Maybe you can help us through this. Are there more sisters in the market versus brothers, or is this just like it's not a real fact. I'm just thinking my words before I answer this question properly. So um, there are far more sisters looking for than brothers. And there are some sisters that will never get married. And wow. that's, that's their mic drop right there. Because the reality is sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And when there's a lot of sisters looking for a specific type of brother, and there's only a small group of brothers that fit that criteria of those 19 checkboxes sisters have. Wow. And if those sisters, if all those guys get married, what are the other sisters going to do? So unless our idea of success or our standards change of what we want in a husband or in a wife, there's yeah. a lot of people not going to get married. Not because, oh, there's too many sisters or too many brothers. It's the fact that we have these unrealistic expectations of what a husband, perfect husband would be, a perfect wife would be. And we're not, I will not change no matter what. And this is one of the reasons why we have so many people um, not really, not realizing that sometimes they can be their own worst enemies. How many people live in Southern California, Muslims looking to get married? Give me a number, guys. I'll show you the real quick what I'm talking about. Throw me a number, any number. Uh, 10,000. 10,000 Muslims looking to get married. Super high yeah. number in Los Angeles, but let's just imagine 10,000 people. Of that, 5,000 are men. Of the 5,000 that are men, because male-female ratio is about one-to-one -one in the United States. You can search this up on Google. Every single country in the world is about one-to-one -one ratio, very close to one-to-one, -one, except for two countries, the Emirates and Saudi Arabia. Everywhere else in the world is about one-to-one -one ratio. And the reason why I think Saudi Arabia has more than men because polygamy is much more common there. So obviously women from other countries may come over there, but that's maybe, and the Emirates, obviously same thing. The Gulf states, men marrying more than one wife. But in countries like Russia and other places, they have more men than, uh, yeah, more uh, men than women. So it's not the issue of well, there's not enough men looking to get married or there's not enough men out there in the first place. We're equal. So now of those 5,000 brothers, I ask sisters, what's one of the things you're looking for? So one of the things they say I'm looking for, by the way, these are things that men don't look for, right? I need a certain height of the brother to be, right? So if you had to give a height, let's say six feet, what percentage of brothers are six feet and above? Can you guys none of them? None of them in Bangladesh, I can tell you. We're okay, so we're not, by the way, these are U.S. <laughs> citizens, right? So U.S. has a lot of Europeans in this country. We have Africans in this country. Yeah. So Muslims, we deal with Indian Pakistani. We deal with people in other, like Bangladesh, as you're saying, they're not known for being tall Muslims. 
the number in America with all the mixture, the melting pot that we have, yeah. we, we have a lot of people that came from the UK, from Germany, from their ancestors from there, which are, tend to be taller, uh, is 14.5%. So of these 5,000 brothers, we have reduced it down to 14% of those brothers. Now, we just all we did is hype so far. Now, every time I click on another filter, we're going to reduce it down and down and down and down. So you can easily take, so the next thing we say, okay, we're looking for a job. So you're like, okay, how much does he need to make? Does any job, can he be a garbage man? No, 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 he can't be a garbage man. Okay, what does kind of job, like how much does he need to make? Oh, he needs to make at least, and they throw a number out. What's the number? They say maybe 75,000 a year. Okay, what percentage of men make 75,000 a year? And by the way, I have links for all of these things. So using the US census, you can search about what percentage of men make this much money, what percentage yeah. make this much money. And you actually move a little dial to see what percentage. In so Muslim of the 14, sorry, go ahead. Within Muslim population or just general? General, because we know okay. Muslims are not gonna be separate from these people. Right. Got it, got just it. saying general, because the height we don't know, we don't have got a specific it. census for Muslims. So a small percentage of men, about less than 15% make that, that amount that people are looking for. So we're already down 14% of 5,000. That of that 5,000, we have to take a 14th percent, whatever percentage of that. And now we've got a certain number of Muslims left. Then I ask you the question, does good character even count? The, of course, good character counts. Okay, what percentage of men have good character, the kind of quality that you're looking for in a spouse? Oh, percentage of that, okay. What about practicing Islam? Do you care about that? Or it's okay if he doesn't practice anything of Islam? Or someone says, of course, I want someone who practices Islam. It's going to be the father of my children. I might as well be a non-Muslim. Okay, fantastic. Take a percentage of that. And when you do all this, you come down to like maybe 40 guys, mm. 45 guys. You had 10,000 10, people in the community. You have 40 people that's left in all of Los Angeles. Why would those 40 people marry you? Where would wow. they find you? How do they know you exist? What makes you stand out? What makes you so special that these people can choose anyone they want, by the way, because every girl wants them. They hit all 19 checkboxes. Why would they choose you? And every single time I ask that question, they don't have an answer to it. Mm. And I tell sisters, in order for you guys to, there's specific things these guys want in a spouse. And sisters are completely clueless. I'm not saying what, somewhat completely clueless when I talk to them about this. They have no idea. In fact, they're completely shocked when I tell them, this is what a guy wants. And this is what a guy wants. No, 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 that's not what he wants. Really? How is it working out for you with the way you've been doing it? And I say, well, all the guys I've been attracting are the kind of guys I don't want. You ever wonder why? Have you been able to attract these type of guys? These 40 guys or 50 guys or 20 guys that are in your community? And it's like, no. Well, maybe you should try something different. Because the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, expect different results. If your current method isn't working, maybe something's wrong with the method. Yeah. Right. But then the thing is, it's like, no, no, it's men are bad. Men are evil. And men, there's no good men out there. Okay. That's your conclusion. Guess what? You want to be like this and pretend like this. Some other girl's going to marry that guy. What I'm trying to show you is you can marry that guy. He's not, you're not off the, off the sale. You just have to find a, there's a way to attract that guy. There are certain things that men are attracted to that sisters will never tell you about because who you're listening to are your best friends who aren't married, who are giving all this <laughs> advice to you. And they think they know you're laughing, right? Cause you know what I'm talking about or in your ear telling da, 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 and you should tell them this. Da, 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 da. And it, how is that working out for you? I always say your friends who aren't guys telling you how men right. think. Why don't you listen to guys telling you how men think? 
So when I do this podcast, or I'm not this podcast specific, but when I'm doing these talks on Clubhouse, I'll tell you how men think. I talk about all these issues you'll say you'll never hear on social media. Like I'll say, look, this is how me and my wife fight. And by the way, me and my wife are, not right now, but the other day I was saying, me and my wife have been fighting. We haven't talked to each other for two days. Why am I telling you guys this? Because most of you jump on social media and you see how perfect marriages are and how everything's fantastic. Yeah. And I'll tell you that it's okay to fight. It's okay to have disagreements. Yeah. It's okay not to see eye to eye. It's okay not to talk to each other once in a while. Right. No one's going to say that on social media. So what happens is you guys watch all this marriage and learn everything about marriage on social media. And then one day you are going to go get married and you realize my life isn't like them. So something's wrong. Yeah. So I need to get a divorce. And what I tell people is that if their marriage was transparent, you would never be shocked when your friends tell you, guess who got divorced? How many times have you been shocked when you find out a couple's been divorced? Yeah. And why are you shocked? Because they never fought in public. They fought yeah. behind closed doors. So anyways, uh, I, I talk about the truth on, on things and it shocks people, but then it's like, wow, I really never thought about it that way. And I'm telling sisters, you can have all these check boxes, which is fine. We got it down to those 40 guys, but now the next step is, to for, which you forgot to do is like, how do I get those guys to find me? <laughs> so what do those guys have on their checklist? Yeah. If I'm a guy who's making a lot of money, if you're handsome, if you have all these things that sisters are looking for, you have a specific checklist. And those girls need to know what the checklist is because if you don't know what the checklist is, yeah. they're not going to pick you. They won't even find, they won't even look right by you. And they're not on swiping apps, by the way. Those guys, are, I, they're, they're not on swiping apps. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. Some food for thought. Yeah. Food for thought. Man, that's, I, I, so do you guys, do you also, do you guys, do you feel like there's a lot of, like, you know, there's, there's a whole different podcast of sustaining the marriage. I think that's important what you mentioned because, yep. you know, folks that are married for five years, 10 years, 15, mashallah, you, I think you're married for 20 years now, right? Almost, no, when, August will be 20 years. Yeah. Oh, mashallah. Congratulations. So I got 10 on my belts and I'm like sitting here like, there needs to be like a um, mentor content that we need to observe sustaining the marriage on an, yeah. in this paradigm that we live in. Right. I'll tell you one thing I found very interesting because I travel so much and I do like comedy shows and then I go hang out with the community afterwards and I see unique things in different communities. Like, in Tampa, Florida, there's a masjid that has Islamic, in their Islamic school, non-Muslims come to it. The level of education is so high, non-Muslims bring their kids to Islamic school wow. just for the fact that the education level is so high. It's kind of like when Muslims take their kids in Catholic school or Christian school. Not because the kids are Catholic or Christian. They have no interest in Catholic or Christian ideology. But the quality of the private school is so high, they're willing to take the risk. Maybe my kids may be influenced by Christianity or uh, that whatever. And that's what they imagine non-Muslim who may be even atheists. They'll take your kids and put them in Islamic school. So I've been seeing all these different things. And one thing I saw in Houston, Texas, was this interesting thing. They said the local imam here doesn't marry you until you do one specific type of course. And what is the course? It's not really a class. He puts you in a room with a, you and the person you want to marry. Imagine you guys sit next to each other like this. Not really hello gap between you guys, but you guys sitting. Yeah. And there's a, there's a chair. I'm mean, sorry, a table. And then there's two chairs on the opposite side. The door opens up, two people walk in who've been married for two years. They sit down and they tell you what marriage life is really like, what they fight about, what the disagreements are, how, what the good parts are, the bad parts, everything about it that no one ever told them, things that they learned. Then they get up for two hours and they leave. And the next couple walks in. They've been married for 20 years. 
Now they're telling you, like someone like myself, let me tell you what 20 years of marriage feels like and tell me what the pluses and minuses and some of the trials you guys may face and things you should be aware of. The goods and the bads and everything that comes with it. the in-laws, this and that, things you guys should definitely discuss. And if you ever get mad, do it this way. So they get up and they leave. Then finally, the imam walks and sits down. And he says, all these marriage issues that come up, all the divorces, all the people who want some nikahs here, and all the trials and tribulations that people are going through, people are getting, like, having major, major problems, they come to me. I'm not a marriage therapist, but these are the kind of issues that are coming up in the, within the Muslim community. Everything mm-hmm. from infidelity to whatever, whatever, that you guys don't hear about unless you're the imam. And he, after this six-hour session is finished, he asks you, do you still want to get married? Wow. <laughs> And at that point, you say yes and yes. And now you can't. That's the best real life uh, experience of what marriage life is going to be like. You're not going to walk in and have these expectations that don't exist. The yeah. divorce rate of right now is 45%. When I was looking to get married, it was 31. So 45. And I predict by in my kids' generation, it'll be around 60%. But that's wow. another topic for another day, inshallah. All right. Inshallah. May Allah bless you. So what's your sec- may favorite success story from halfourdean.com? And where can people tune into, like, kind of follow you and your social media sure. handles? So if here, I'm I'm on a web, I'm a, I'm social media. I don't really, you see me. Instagram has like a hundred thousand followers, but I'm barely on it. If you want to message me, you can message me on Instagram. Uh, you can message Half Ardeen through Instagram. I'll answer those messages directly myself. But if you want to talk to me in person, and actually, how I hold rooms where I actually talk about real issues that people are really going through that are marriage related, and the stuff you don't hear in clickbuzz and you don't hear from talks, like the real talk. Like yeah. no filter, tell you like it is and tell you hopefully how you can find your other half. And it's not about, oh, just join half our dean. It's not like that. Tell you like real stuff you can do even if you're talking to your cousin or talking to a family friend or whatever. So I'm on an app called Clubhouse. Just type in Baba yes. Ali, you'll find me. And many of this app is starting to become a bigger social media platform. And you can actually talk to me as a human being and you'll be in rooms and I, I'll hold rooms for four or five hours. The longest hours I've ever held a room for was 13 hours. And all they want to talk about marriage. It wouldn't stop. And it's oh like, God. they can leave anytime they want, but oftentimes the message I get is, this is actual real stuff. I haven't heard in a podcast and I haven't heard in a khutbah. So I'm trying to keep, I'm wanting people to not get married, but just stay married. And that's mm-hmm. a bigger issue we have right now. There's a lot of people getting married. That's one issue. Who cares about my 2,500 success stories? The real question is how many people are staying married? And that's where my goal is, inshallah. Wow. Yeah. And what's your favorite story from your uh, half? Oh, uh, so my favorite story, uh, there's many of them, alhamdulillah. But uh, it's the majority of people who join half Dean, they don't want their story to be anywhere told to anybody. They are extremely, extremely private. Uh, they, don't, they don't share their success story. Uh, famous Muslims, who, if I mention to your audience right now, who actually spoke at the mass conference, who spoke at ISNA, who are these bigger, big, big names on half Dean. So, <laughs> but wow. no one knows. And yeah. the reason why is because it's a private platform, because it's the kind of person who could be a very big name or she could be a big name. They join as soon as they find somebody, they get married, they leave and they, as if they never existed. No search results, literally as a ghost, right? So I was one day at a Turkish festival and this brother's not Turkish, but uh, I was at a Turkish festival and I was waiting in line for food. And I was waiting for line for food. Somebody walks up to me, hey, sound like him. Are you Baba Ali? I'm like, yeah. Oh, and I thought they were talking about like my hurry for Baba Alisi's Kirit series, or I thought they were going to talk about my stand-up comedy or my Uma films. Hey, me and my wife met on your website, but don't tell anybody. I'm like, what? And his wife walks up. Did you tell him? Yeah, let's get out of here. And they run away. I'm like, where are they going? And I never got his name, her name, nothing. 
they just went away really fast. No. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but I tell them they look happy and they were saying, oh, we met your wife, we met your website. It was amazing, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much. And they run away. They just want to say thank you. And they run away. And they're like, okay, that's my audience. The extremely private people, which makes it so difficult for me trying to market this because I have to, I'm reaching a very private audience who don't want the world to know they met on a matchmaking website. Yeah. But on the positive side, it's okay because they're happy. And that's, that's, that's awesome. all that matters. That's yeah. awesome. May Allah bless you, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy, happy, really excited. Jazakumullah khair. May Allah well, from Thank you for having Everything. me. Great, great Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Muhammad Kibria with the Remaster Podcast signing off. Until next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This episode is brought to you by the revolutionary Muslim matrimonial site, Half Our Deen, which uses science, not swipes, to help you find the other half. On Half Our Deen, you can learn about their personality, interests, and view up to 158 answers to marriage-related questions so you don't waste time with people that you're not compatible with. With over 2,500 success stories, Half Our Deen has quickly become the number one choice for marriage-minded Muslims.